0: Welcome to Behind the Curtain, LA Opera's podcast series in which we look deeply at the creative process and explore opera's enduring themes and power to move us. In this podcast, Andrea Fuentes, director for LA Opera Connects, chats with opera singers and arts and health advocates Nani Sinha and Michelle Patsakis. Join LA Opera Connects in celebrating LA County Arts and Health Week, june twelfth through eighteenth, twenty twenty two. In collaboration with L.A. County Department of Arts and Culture and the WHO Healing Arts Initiative, as well as multiple arts and health organizations around Los Angeles County, join us at several events during the week as well as at the Dorothy Chandler Pavilion on Wednesday, June 15, 2022, for an Arts and Health Summit. For more information, visit laopera.org wellness. Thank you both for joining me. I'm Andrea Fuentes. I'm the director for LA Opera Connects, which is the community engagement and learning office at LA Opera. And I am really, really excited to be joined today by Nani Sinha a teaching artist and an international opera star, and Michelle Patsakis, who is also an opera artist and an international opera star, and have many accolades and and things that I'm excited for them to share about themselves. What we would like to do today is to talk about arts and health, which is very much of interest to LA Opera Connects and LA Opera. And this season, we were very excited to have been joined by Renee Fleming, who is our advisor for these kinds of projects. Of course, that's something that she's very interested in, very involved in, and we feel very fortunate to be able to talk about it today. And so we invited Nani and Michelle into this conversation because of their work with our department and because of their work outside of our department in this area. What I'd like to just do is start with an introduction for the two of you. And so I'd like to start with you, Michelle, if you could tell us a little bit about who you are generally, who you are as an artist, and um, what has motivated you so far to, to be in the arts world.
1: Thank you, Andrea. Thank you for having me. It's wonderful to be on this program with Nani, who is my cohort and co-teacher and developer of our incredible UCLA health program. Um, Thank you for allowing us to have this space to talk about music and the mind and wellness. I, like many opera singers, I think that I know, started singing from before I could remember and had musical toys from the time I was two years old. And my parents said they they thought that was normal. And then when they had the three other kids, they realized that, oh, it wasn't normal that someone was singing and dancing and listening to music constantly. So I always loved it and always did musical activities, but it was never expected that it would be a profession for me. And because I loved medicine, my father was a physician, my mother was a nurse, and I always expected that I would be a doctor and that I would sing to my patients. When I actually applied to college, I applied as both a biology major and as a music major and then sort of made the leap to go into music and singing, which at the time you had to do classical voice in order to study music, vocal music in college. There weren't jazz and songwriting majors like we have now. So when I started on that path of studying opera, I not only loved it, but realized I actually had the vocal instrument to be able to do it, which is, doesn't always match up. Actually, I went to my first opera in the Dorothy Chandler Pavilion, saw a performance of La Traviata, which was sort of my pretty woman moment, like that movie, you know, where she went to see La Traviata at San Francisco Opera. I mean, it's like life changing. You can't believe how the power of the music and the character. And I didn't know what the story was about. And I honestly thought she got better at the end when she stood up and she said she was reborn and then she dropped to the floor and died and i just couldn't believe it you know and that was it that was like i was completely hooked i was already training to be an opera singer and i hadn't seen an opera yet that's why it's so exciting now when i so many young people have the opportunity to hear classical singing, to hear opera singers, to go to productions. And LA Opera does an amazing job of that kind of engagement with the community and offering those programs. I went to undergraduate school at USC, got a bachelor in music, did the opera program there, went on to a master's in music at New England Conservatory, and did all the things that young opera singers do. I did training programs at Tanglewood Music Center, Central City Opera, was with the Opera Pacific Overture Company, which Opera, Pacific is not there anymore and then did competitions so I was in the Metropolitan Opera auditions Lauren L. Zachary a national vocal competition and won awards which gave me not only funding but allowed me to go to Europe and be able to be engaged at the international level and so I started at the Théâtre de la Monnaie in Belgium That was just like six years of amazing experiences. I sang in Zurich and the Spoleto Festival and made my New York City opera debut and then did the the regional sort of opera touring and was doing the work of creating roles, singing in concert and recital. And then um, started, as many of us do, sort of expanding, where I had been a winner in the Zachary Awards, but then I became part of the organization and became artistic director and an adjudicator and started teaching, started directing. I went back to school for my doctorate at USC Thornton School of Music. And it was there that I was able to marry that initial passion for medicine with the music. I was able to sort of create my own field of study called vocal arts medicine, and I petitioned the Department of Otolaryngology, to have a faculty for me to create a curriculum. And I was very fortunate that a speech-language pathologist, Dr. Edie Hapner, shepherded me through this program um, along with Dr. Michael Johns and Dr. Odell. Dr. Lindsay Reeder was there at the time. And I got to learn about vocal pedagogy and the voice science from the medical side and also from the rehabilitation side working with a speech-language pathologist. And it was um, an education that it was just so inspiring, but also made so much sense. Because I was working with people that weren't singers, but were having their voices rehabilitated and also needed their voices. For their, you know, a professional voice user is not just an opera singer and you know teachers need their voices clergymen need their voices broadcasters of course need their voices and so it was interesting to sort of learn how we as singers learn all the components of singing through the systems of the voice and how to breathe how to make sound how to resonate but these other professional voice users or even just people that are having issues with their voices Didn't know and understand that. And getting the opportunity to deconstruct and demystify singing and how we use our voices for someone without the training became this just other world for me. So I'm thrilled that now through LA Opera and your programs that I'm able to do some of that work. Um, and bring that vocal arts medicine to life.
0: Wow, thank you. I mean, I think I've, I've known Michelle maybe for almost two years now. I think we've only seen one another in person maybe once. <laughs> but um, I didn't know all of this about your background, and I didn't know that you had had such an interest in medicine. I would love to get into that. Nani, I'm going to ask you the same question a little bit about where you're coming from and, and what your background is and, and how you're here with us today.
2: Absolutely. So first off, again, I have to thank LA Opera, Andrea, and my colleague, and actually finding out from the story, kindred spirit, Michelle, I had no idea how many similarities we had. Like Michelle, I grew up in a family of medical professionals and educators. I was the kid with the big voice. As soon as I was five years old, they were putting me in choruses and I was doing, you know, Kinder Kinderspiel in Germany. By the age of nine, my music teacher said to my mother, she's got a big voice. You should get her into some lessons. So I went into lessons. And then the next thing I knew.
0: I'm sorry. And and this was in Germany, right? This was in
2: Germany. Yes. And then the next thing I know, they need a dritte Knaben for die Zauberflöte at the local opera house in Krefeld. That was my start. That was my hook. I was dressed. I got to play dress up. I got to sing with two other kids who had the same caliber of singing that I did. They floated me around in a balloon. I had snacks up the Yang. It was amazing. It was just the most fun I could possibly have. I was hooked. And my parents were classical music lovers. They were opera lovers. So we had gone to the opera. But you know, as a child, you're you're just... Okay, okay. But the second I was in it, I was hooked and I wanted to do it. And my parents said, what do you want to do when you grow up? And I said, yes, I want to be a singer. And my father said, well, you could be a singing doctor. How about that? (laughs) Because my entire family is medical professionals. And I thought to myself, well, that's interesting. Okay, well, I'm just going to keep fighting for this singing thing. I want to be a musician. From there, I ended up at Juilliard, we were back in the United States at this point, I ended up at Juilliard in their pre-college program and just kept developing my instrument and learning from incredible masters. And then came time for college and, again, having a serious conversation with my parents. And my father said, you know, I, I worry for your future. Now, for those of you that don't know, I am half Indian, half German, first generation American. And we have no my family has no um, great social network here. Music is so foreign to them. It would be as if I was saying to them, I'm going to be a deep space diver and go and do things in space. They had no idea what I was I was talking about. So they had nobody really to to give to me to guide me on this. It was it was, you know, fraught with perils and dangers of being an adult and they had no idea how I was going to do it. So I was discouraged from continuing at Juilliard and was actually accepted to Cornell in their pre-med program. So I did (laughs) pre-med and found that it was okay. It was interesting and I enjoyed it and I loved biology and I loved genetics. And in another life, I probably would have worked in genetics, but something was missing. And uh, during a gross anatomy class, I finally decided, you know what? Music is missing. I really want to be singing. I I don't think I necessarily want to do this. So I left my pre-med program and I finished in music. I was much happier there. That was where I wanted to be. That's where I needed to be. And unfortunately, during this time, we experienced September 11th. And all of a sudden, my medical studies had come into use. And I um, had to do some out-of-school internships that were required by my program. And I went to go work in New York with some... Pulmonologists and help the first responders. And we started doing breathing operatic techniques and box breathing and straw phonation, a lot of the things that Michelle and I use in our program with UCLA, and really bringing mindfulness into it. Because as you're seeing somebody struggle to breathe, something that you are inherently good at since you're born, once that gets taken away from you, it's terrifying. So helping people see their way through that and guiding them and being there to hold their hand on their journey was very profound for me. Now, I was absolutely certain I was gonna go travel the world and sing, and that was just a blip in my life. It just happened, it was there. I happened to be at the right place at the right time. I did that. And from there, I sang all over the world, Africa, um, Europe, in Asia, and South America, and the United States. Eventually though, I experienced a medical issue. I broke my back. I broke my back during a plane flight. I could not walk. I couldn't breathe. I couldn't take a deep breath. And for those of you that know or don't know, the back is really important for sustaining breath. It's really, it's where a lot of our muscles connect into our lower diaphragm. It it was devastating for my singing. From there I thought, okay, well, if I can't sing again, this is terrible. I'd been winning a, a lot of competitions and doing really, really well. Let's see what else I can do. So I was bound and determined to get out of that bed and be able to walk. It didn't matter how, but I was going to do it. And I did. And I had a wonderful medical team with me and really rebuilt myself from the ground up, learning how to walk, learning how to breathe. This injury led to horrendous chronic asthma. And as a singer, that's, <laughs> that's terrible. So learning how to breathe, take full breaths, use your muscles that are all connected and to your, to your rib cage, et cetera, and really rebuilt myself. And I thought, okay, well, if I'm not going to be an opera singer, maybe I can still work in opera somehow. And I'd gotten connected with LA opera and started working in the connects department slowly, slowly, but surely re- rebuilt my instrument and was able to sing all of that furatura that I loved. And from there, Was able to branch out and start singing again and getting hired again to go places and i sang in africa at the number one ladies opera festival in um botswana and then found myself again (laughs) using my music and medicine kind of background to help in the aids orphanages and bring music as an intervention to the children who were really sick and just bring some joy to them bring a moment of hope of something else than what they had in their everyday life. You go to Africa thinking you're going to change things, but Africa changes you. And I can tell you that that's true. It changed me a lot, really changed my focus on how I see myself in the world and how I wish to be present in the world. And what can I do for others when I have enough, you know? So uh, Africa continuing to sing. uh, After that, my father became very ill with dementia with vascular dementia again my music and medicine popped in found that my father could only recognize me when I was singing the second I was singing he would tell me I have a daughter who's a singer and she's an opera singer she's a very good singer and (laughs) other than that he had no idea who I was so it was it was rather heartbreaking and me being a doer I wanted to do something about it and there's nothing I could do So I thought to myself, okay, well, I'm going to volunteer in as many memory care units as I possibly can and help as many people as I possibly can. So I did. And from there, ended up back here at L.A. Opera, who has an incredible commitment to arts and health and have been helping build programs and creating curriculum for a bunch of programs, I would say, (laughs) and then uh, partnering here with Michelle for our incredible classes that we teach with UCLA for people who have experienced long haul or COVID symptoms.
0: Thank you both for that. Whenever I do these conversations, I'm like, oh, I want to talk about this and I want to talk about like, there's so much here. Not that it's super relevant to this conversation, but I also got a degree in biology from UCLA and was pre-med and then went back into music and was like, oh, you know, actually, you know, I think that this is what I want to do. So it's interesting that, you know, it's it's the two of you here doing this amazing work in these spaces and have had, you know, such incredible success as vocalists and deciding that in addition to that, like part of what you want to do is not just giving back to the community, because certainly arts is that, but it giving back to the community in a very specific way, in a way that we identify as healing. And I want to talk a little bit about that, because I think when we talk about the arts and the arts experience, particularly with opera, because it's such an immersive experience and because it can change every time, you know, it it literally, the, the performance can change, the elements can change, what you take away from it can change and its framing can change, depending on the conversations that you have around it. One of the things I would like to talk to you both about Before we talk about the programs, the many, many programs that you're involved in with LA Opera and outside of LA Opera um, in arts and health, the impact that you've seen specifically either for yourself or for others, with just how we see changes in ourselves and how we identify that as being restorative or reparative. For example, we do a program that I don't think either of you are directly involved with, although Nani, you may have done some work with our veterans programs, and we consider that part of our our health programming because we're, we're talking about things and it's, it's social and it's emotional. And we consider that a part of our, our health and wellness. And so could I just ask you a little bit about how you both sort of interpret the arts as being impactful? And it's a very loaded question because, and I don't mean for it to be at all, but you know, when we're talking about impact, like we know that impact is very difficult to measure. And so it's a very subjective question. And that's fine. If you could just talk to your experience about what it's like to be in the arts and to see those changes. Michelle, can can I ask you that question?
1: Sure. Well, as you mentioned, there's a wide scope of how the arts and how music affect us. I mean, we can see all of us have a soundtrack for our lives. We remember you know, special moments and times and places based on music that we, that happened at that moment at that time. And, but for me, singing takes it to another level, the vibration, you know, we know chant and meditation uses voice and sustaining tone as a way to connect with the universe and also with our own bodies and minds and to quiet all that noise around us. So there's something visceral and spiritual that happens when we sing, and when we're opera singers, we know more sort of than anyone else that our body is our instrument. We are not a virtuosic pianist that can have a beautiful Steinway in a concert hall and just walk in and play a perfectly tuned instrument, or a violinist that has a gorgeous Stradivarius that um, you know is perfectly um, ready to make the most amazing sounds at any moment because when we're a singer, if we're tired, if we're sick, if we're distressed, it absolutely affects the sound of our voice. So as part of our training, we learn to incorporate kind of in a holistic way, all these kinds of not only systems of the voice, which include our minds, but also then we see not only how it affects us, but how the world around us and the people around us are affected. I think we go into music as you said and to, into the arts because we see a connection. It's about communication. And when you see the effects, it's very inspiring, but especially in this wellness circle, I started doing, you know, from the time I started having children teaching moms and tots music classes. And it not only helped to teach and regulate small children and babies with their emotions, with their mood, it taught them language, but it also worked on their connection with their caregiver, with their classmates, with their peers. And you started to see this tremendous um, development. I remember um, one of the mothers in my class said that her um, baby had been diagnosed with something called dyspraxia and was having speech issues. And she said the thing that was the most helpful was the song singing and the repetition of the simple melodies and the gestures with the song. And I think that was my first sort of inspiration, like, aha moment with being impactful as a music teacher and not just being someone on the stage that was inspiring or communicating you know, the score and the text and a composer and a director. So um, for me, that was the beginning of an incredible journey, which has included. I mean, I did programs for LA Opera with, at City of Hope. I've worked with Children's Hospital LA for many years um, doing. Uh, services for their candle lighting for the families of children that have passed during the past year, and then, of course, expanding to this sort of wellness realm, which I'm doing now with you and LA Opera.
0: Thank you. That that must have been a very, I don't want to say pivotal, because it sounds like you were already looking at music this way, um, but to recognize sort of like the impact that you're having and then to start following that track that you, you've started to recognize. Nani, could I ask you the same question about how you started seeing the impact?
2: Absolutely. I've seen it for most of my life from when I started doing the um, intervention intervention medicine with, with the um, first responders. You see that when we start singing a little bit, people are relaxing and there's hope. You see hope in their eyes when things like breath or being able to walk or something that you've d- depended on your body for so long to do something and then all of a sudden it gets taken away, you're, you're kind of left drifting. And it's, it's very frightening if you can have just a spark of hope or, or inspiration that means so much. And I, I've seen it in my own recovery process with my back. I just had that one thing that I held on to. And that one thing that I held on to was I was going to sing non-pumesta again. And that was the last thing I had sung before I got into the plane wreck. I was doing so well. I was winning competitions with it. And I, I had actually said to the anesthesiologist, please don't take that away from me. Whatever you do, please be very careful with my chords. I really, I could ever sing again. That's what I want to be able to sing. So that was my spark of hope. And giving that to somebody you see their entire demeanor change. It's become even more profound for me in the work that I've done with Alzheimer's and dementia. When you sing a song that someone knows or that they've known when they were younger. And because of the complexities of our brain and how it responds to music, there's not just one area where music is held or used. It's the whole brain that lights up if you see an MRI with somebody singing or somebody hearing music, the whole brain lights up. And when we experience Alzheimer's or dementia, plaque forms over neurons and over fiber bundles and stops information from being sent back and forth. So that's how we lose our memories. And there's a normal process of creating memories and pruning memories that are not necessary, but the dementia or Alzheimer's really impacts badly. Someone's capacity to remember. So when you introduce a song to somebody who is practically catatonic because they're so lost in space and time and they don't know where they are and they're confused. And you sing to them a song that they might might have heard when they were younger, and they recognize that all of a sudden the light changes in their eyes. And They can sing along with you. This actually happened in a session of music to remember with LA opera. There was a a lady who I'd been seeing for maybe six months and she, her husband would bring her faithfully to every music to remember that we had. And she just sat there and she kind of stared off into space. And then one day I introduced the song somewhere over the rainbow. And I tell you, Andrea, I have not, She has not stopped talking since every time she comes to a session, she's still talking. And it's very, very special. It's to give somebody that hope. And it's it's not me. I'm not doing anything. I'm just inspiring it to be there and creating the space with the help of LA opera to, to, to let people find themselves again. And that's so empowering and why it's so valuable is because especially with, with Alzheimer's, the, Rhythm of the music when we all sing together, our heartbeats sync up, our brain waves sync up, our circulation actually syncs up, and we breathe together and we become one. And in a world where it can be so very lonely to be one, especially when there's something wrong, it's very nice to have that unity. And that co-regulation that Michelle was talking about before with when she was talking about kids, the same thing happens in Alzheimer's. You need someone to model and mirror for you that the world is safe with smiling and singing and that co-regulation, they really depend on it. And it's very, very, it's, it's tremendous. We need it as human beings. If you think about it and go back very far into our pre-agricultural days when we were nomads singing and dancing is a part of the culture and it helps regulate our nervous system and our lymphatic system and really helps us release a lot of stress so inherently we are we're very musical beings we're very rhythmic beings and this just helps open it up again to people where for some reason we've left it for whatever reason so i i find it tremendously impactful and then one other thing, um, like Michelle, I've sung actually LA opera, Andrea, I think you were there. We were singing in the, one of the upper towers at children's hospital and the kids were going in for, I can't quite remember if it was a surgery or if it was an MRI, but this was, this was like the pre setup up for that. And we were in the waiting room with the kids. I think, uh, we had an accompanist there with us and, oh no, we, we had a boom box that we would sing. And One little girl who was going in for a procedure, her mother was terribly distraught and the little girl was sitting there and she was being a trooper. And I asked her, what song do you want to hear? Do you want to hear a song? you want to sing a song with me? And she asked for, I think it was Colors of the Wind um, is what she asked for. We were doing some Disney that day and just holding her hand and singing the song with her. While her mother was literally sobbing behind us because she couldn't, she couldn't handle it. As
0: was um, the rest of our staff. Yes. Yeah,
2: and just holding her hand and singing, and she whispered to me later, "Thank you so much. I think it's going to be okay." And again, just giving somebody that little bit of, or or helping guide them to a little bit of hope, some inspiration. I, I can't think of a better way to spend my life. You know.
0: Thank you both for that. I, I do remember that event. I wanna say um, that one of the things I admired about that was your professionalism, Nani, during that moment, because as I looked around the room, like the rest of us were very much you know, in tears, holding back tears. Um, and you know, even now talking about it, my, my voice feels shaky, um, but you were able to just keep this together and you were so present for that child. Um, and so, at the time, that was very like meaningful to all of us. And I think it, it speaks to the professionalism that you have to engage with, not just as an artist, but as an artist who works in healthcare, because there are extra demands on you, of course, because you, as a as an opera singer, and I can only speak to my own experience, but you know, you're performing, you're engaging with the other artists, and it's a very professionalized setting, and then the lights are on you and the audience is dark or however you're conceiving of the audience that's there. But in this work, you're, you're directly engaging with your audience who is experiencing in various states forms of trauma or other sort of stressful engagements. And so having to receive that and continue to be accepting that in a way I think is something that needs to be acknowledged and talked about. One of the things I'd like to talk to you both about now is the work that you do in currently in arts and health. You're both involved in a COVID um, breathing program that we're doing with UCLA. And you're both involved in other programming, both with LA Opera and outside of LA Opera. Nani, you had mentioned Music to Remember, which is something that meets on most Tuesdays at 11 a.m. We'd love to see you. Please look us up. Um, you can find more information at laopera.org slash wellness. And so that is with Nani every week or most weeks. We do take some breaks. But there are a variety of different programs. As Michelle said, shes you've both worked with us, I think, in, in City of Hope and, and Cedars and all of these other different places. And so um, I'd love to know about some of the things that you are doing or have done, and then we'll get into Arts and Health Week, which is coming up. Michelle, can I ask you to talk about the work that you're currently doing in arts and health?
1: Well, as Nani mentioned, we are co-teaching a breathing class for UCLA Health in collaboration with LA Opera Connects. Um, When the pandemic hit, the English National Opera developed a program with their artists who were out of work due to COVID-19. And then they had this healthcare system that was inundated with COVID long haulers that needed some sort of rehabilitation. And they sort of put their minds together and realized that they had these singers who were experts in breathing. And they had a population of recovering citizens who needed help learning to breathe again. And as opera singers, we train in breathing, we understand the systems of the breath, but just for someone who never thought about how they breathed before. I mean, we're just living their lives and all of a sudden get sick with COVID and then it's a struggle to breathe. This was sort of a wonderful marriage of talents to bring sort of the healthcare community and the artistic community together. Once all of us heard about this Breathe program at the English National Opera, it all resonated with us because we know that this is what we do as teachers. And it had been done with COPD, other you know asthma, other breathing issues, but COVID sort of brought this new need to incorporate singing breathing into sort of this healthcare space. And so wonderfully, UCLA Health and LA Opera connected really through Connects and created this program that Nani and I and uh, Rondi Charleston initially helped to develop, creating a curriculum, and then now teaching for over a year, and really finding tremendous success with the patients and the outcomes, which has been incredible, and hopefully that that will continue and expand. Additionally, I've been doing some other interesting projects, including one with cochlear implant participants um, through uh, USC, So there's a Dr. Ray Goldsworthy who is particularly interested in improving um, music appreciation with cochlear implant participants. And I was brought in as one of the instructors and now one of the lead teachers for what was initially a pilot project and now is um, in its second iteration. And we have a team of teachers and participants and finding that they not only are learning to sing and learning about singing, but also that there are benefits to their social emotional well-being that happens through singing. And I think that with these various programs, including the Opera for Life and Wellness with UCLA Health and this cochlear implant program, you really find that it's not just about the singing, it's not just about the music, it's not just about the vocal production, but it's about, again, that holistic impact that music and singing makes, and seeing the difference that it has had in the lives of these participants, and in this case, those that are hard of hearing and we now have expanded to not just cochlear implant participants but those with um, hearing aids as well. So um, again, every time I go into this space where we're using our art and our music to make an impact in the healthcare area, it's always uh, surprising but then not surprising at how much of an impact it can make and does continue to make. And that is why I'm going to keep wanting to do the work and to connect with those who do the work because of the incredible difference and meaning that it brings out into our communities.
2: I am very blessed to be involved in a number of projects with LA Opera, one being Music to Remember, which is for people with, it's not only for people with Alzheimer's, dementia, but for anybody who wants to come and sing with us. It's uh, almost every Tuesday, and we have a regular group that's joined us from Alzheimer's Los Angeles, from um, Able Arts Work, from a number of nursing home and, and memory care units that they come and we, it's like community sing, but um, we have requests, we take requests and we really try to, it's very different from a concert concert because there is a lot of engagement involved. There's questions. I know everybody who's there. We do trivia. We have a lot of conversations. We talk about when was the first time, the last time you heard this song. Uh, Do you know this song? We do songs in a number of languages. Uh, that's why I think opera singers are perfect for this because we're able to meet people and connect with people in their own languages. And, and maybe even if I don't speak perfect Mandarin or Russian or Hawaiian, I'm able to sing in it at a high level that brings people some ease and some comfort and reminds them of some good times. So that's one program. Another program that I'm involved with is a bedside concert at Rancho Los Amigos, and this is for people who have experienced recent brain trauma or um, brain stem trauma. It's quite Quite profound, this, this program. I have met with teenagers to people in their 70s and 80s who have experienced some sort of a brain trauma or stroke. And we use music as part of their speech therapy or as part of their emotional wellness for the day. And sometimes we have very occasionally people who are just not able to meet us for that day, but for the most part... Everyone who we bring this program to, and we we make it very special. I do this with um, Ashley Fitolia, another teaching artist and singer with LA Opera. And we have a menu of songs that they can choose from. And we try very hard to make it very special and specific for every single person. And if they want R&B that day, or if they want um, opera, or if they want musical theater, or if they want songs from the 60s, we try our hardest to make sure that we are there and able to give them this musical comfort, something different from listening to the beeping and the clanging of the hospital, hospital life, the sounds of the hospital, something that will bring a little bit of calm and peace to their nervous system. Because if you've ever been to the hospital, you know, it's not a very <laughs> calm place to be. There's a lot going on. And and as Michelle had mentioned, we co-teach the, the COVID class with UCLA. And that's tremendous, tremendous experience as well. And then still continuing to do concerts for, for our healthcare partners here in Los Angeles with LA Opera. And then outside of LA Opera, um, I am the executive director of a, a nonprofit called Music Heals Minds that works specifically with um, Alzheimer's and dementia communities. One last community that I've gotten involved with is bringing music to children refugees who are left here in the United States or sent over in the United States without a adult companion and who are waiting in facilities until background checks are done. So this way they can be released to the right people and that they're safe and that they're gonna go to a place that's caring and comforting and that that nothing bad will happen to them. But in the meantime, um, these facilities are very nice. They're not not horrible, but it's not home and it's scary and this is a new country and no one speaks their language. So um, I go in weekly And I bring some music and we do some singing with the children. I try to sing in their original language and connect with them and let them know that there's someone here who, I mean, everybody does care for them, but let them know that there's someone actually in the room with them at this moment. If they need anything, I'm here with them and it's okay. You know, and we're going to use music again to calm the nervous system, bring some stress levels down and, um, inspire some hope for these kids. So that's what I've been doing recently. Thank
0: you both. I think what I've gathered from what you've said, and I think what's striking me most, is the sort of breadth of, of, of the scope of this work, um, that we have everything from the engagement directly with the art forms, and then also the, the physical, and as Michelle said, the visceral effect that we experience in, in breathing together, um, and then all the way to the the sense of community that is gained from this. And I think that that brings us very nicely to what we're talking about next, which is Arts and Health Week. Um, so we recently had Arts and Health Week declared by the Board of Supervisors for L.A. County, um, which we're really excited about. Yes. Yay. Um, <laughs> and it's something that we're, we're excited to partner with various organizations. We've got partners and collaborations with um, the L.A. County Department of Arts and Culture, with the WHO Healing Arts Initiative, and with several um, arts organizations throughout the county. And we are going to have on-site demonstrations throughout the week, as well as a summit on June 15th. And what we are really interested in is just talking about what's happening currently in the county, in L.A. County. Um, and we're talking about what's happening in L.A. County because we're based in L.A. County. Like, certainly we're interested in what's happening around the world. As as Michelle mentioned, you know, the COVID breathing program started with English National Opera. Like, we're interested in this. But the the breadth and representation of what we identify as arts and, and healing. Earlier I was talking to Nani and we were talking about the work that she does with our students, and that I very much consider the work that she does with our students to be part of arts and health. We don't identify it that way in our programming, but Nani is such a positive figure in their lives. It's, it's feedback that we get regularly, that you know she was so impactful with our students, that she was so kind and encouraging with our students that they felt better about themselves, that they have this increased sense of of self-efficacy and their awareness of how they're interacting with others, because that's something you have to do in a musical space. And so one of our goals with this is to recognize the work that's being done, but also what those impacts are around the county and the fact that it's not just one thing or some other thing that it is all of these different spaces that we identify as being impactful to health and part of that is of course your immediate sense of health but also your your sense of self as well and I think Nani was just mentioning you know like the relieving stress that part of it is in the environment that you're in is creating a better environment for you Michelle, you are helping us coordinate this event. You'll both be present for this event because you're talking about the UCLA program. There's going to be a drum circle, which I'm really excited about. (laughs) Um, But there's all of these other things. And so, Michelle, I'd love to turn it over to you and just you know, with a few minutes that we have left, talk about this summit, because we'd like to, of course, invite whoever would like to come, as long as we have space, that they come to this event.
1: Absolutely. This is quite extraordinary. LA Opera, I think, is a pioneer in how they have partnered with so many hospitals, healthcare partners arts organizations throughout the county, and LA County is enormous, and it's very spread out. We have five supervisorial districts. So when Andrea mentioned that the Board of Supervisors have declared this Arts and Health Week, and each one of these districts is engaged, um, both at the governmental level, but also all of the organizations and education and hospital organizations within those districts are deeply involved in serving their communities by incorporating the arts and music into their work. And LA Opera has done an amazing job sort of connecting and this LA opera connects is such a perfect sort of name for this arm of the LA opera because they have made these connections, but there isn't, hasn't been, I think a lot of awareness about what as the umbrella, vision, objective sort of perspective of what's happening everywhere around the county. And this opportunity to sort of bring all of these organizations together in a summit where there is a convening of each of these not only districts, but bringing the healthcare partners, the arts partners, the various communities which are so diverse together to share what they are doing, how they are doing it. And then again, inspiring as the English National Opera inspired us to implement this COVID breathing program, We hope that, um, speaking for LA Opera Connects as a a participant here, um, we hope that others will be inspired to go deeper and to implement new and uh, more broad programs that address all of these various um, healthcare issues, like we mentioned Alzheimer's, breathing, but developmental issues, et cetera. for the Arts and Health Week in the five districts, um, we have reached out to some of the partners that are doing this work. Um, We have Plaza de la Raza um, that are going to present a COVID-19 barrio retelling of A Christmas Carol with students um, giving us some awareness of the different choices that people made and how about COVID-19, about vaccinations, about wearing masks, and how that affected their families. So this, even though it's a very serious subject, this is going to be done in a comic way, but it was a way to educate the Latino community um, about vaccinations and about what they could do to uh, protect themselves in their communities. We have Koreatown Youth and Community Center that are doing an um, intergenerational cooking demonstration between elders and the youth that was developed as part of a response to the pandemic and the isolation that was felt in their community and a way to, again, bring people together, um, create the community, and also teach the culture. Able Arts works in Long Beach, um, working with people of all abilities and ages doing music therapy. And that's where we're doing our drum circle, which will also be on site in Long Beach, um, because we are doing these programs actually in the districts at the location of these organizations, as well as doing micro presentations at the summit at the Dorothy Chandler Pavilion. And then, just as a personal note, one of our partners is Lineage Performing Arts Center in the 5th District in Pasadena. And my mother had a neuromuscular degenerative disease and spent over a decade deteriorating. And during that period of time, I knew that she was going to physical therapy. She was doing occupational therapy, et cetera. But she was also going to dance class with my dad. And they called it, they said it was Parkinson's dance class. And they loved it. And she did it when she was standing up. And then when she couldn't stand anymore, she did it in the wheelchair. And this was a very important part of their week. And come to find out, they were going to Lineage Performing Arts Center. And Brian Ellerding, who is going to be one of our presenters, was her teacher. And so it brings me great pleasure to be able to spotlight organizations like that and um have knowing the personal impact that it had on my mother and my family. So personally, I am very grateful for what Ellie Opera is doing. that Renee Fleming is using her platform as a world famous opera singer to bring attention to music and the mind and wellness, and that we are sort of deeply diving into this work by showing everything that is happening within LA County and um, and hopefully across the nation. Thank you both for sharing these very personal aspects of your lives that
0: were touched by arts and health. Um, you have, of course, a lot of similarities in your career aspirations and where your careers went, but also these very personal aspects of your life that um, were affected by parents. And I think that that, speaks to who you are as people and what you've chosen to pursue in an in an effort to improve you know the world and the spaces that we move in and so i'd like to commend you both for the work that you've chosen to do and the work that we we've all been enabled to do by you know whatever sort of fate or whatever however you want but i'm just i'm grateful that we are able to pursue this work because not everybody's able to and not everybody can even though the motivation is there and so i feel very grateful to be able to share this space with you um and i'm grateful that we're going to be investigating this work more because I personally have seen the impact that you both have had in these spaces and you know the, the tears that are shared by our communities and the smiles that are shared by our communities for the work that you've done. With that, I would like to thank you both. I would like to thank you for the time that you've spent with us and the work that you do. And I would like to invite our listeners to please check out LAOpera.org slash wellness, where they can find out more about Arts and Health Week, which is June 12th through June 18th, 2022. And you can find out more about our summit that will be held there at the Dorothy Chandler Pavilion on June 15th, it's a Wednesday. And so if you're interested in attending, we hope that you do, and um, we hope that you will come in and, and learn more about this, provide your questions and your feedback, and we uh, hope to see you then. And with that, I will say thank you to you both, and thank you to our audience for listening today. Thank you very much, thank you for having us. Thank you. Join us at several events during the week, as well as at the Dorothy Chandler Pavilion on Wednesday, June 15th, 2022, for an Arts and Health Summit. For more information, visit laopera.org wellness. You've been listening to LA Opera's Behind the Curtain. If you've enjoyed listening to this podcast, you'll want to make sure you don't miss an episode. Please subscribe and leave a rating or review on Apple iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you listen. Remember to share with your friends on your favorite social media and we'll see you at the opera.